Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Dread Time Stories. I'm your host, Dr. Phobia. And tonight, dear patients, with holiday travel just around the corner here in the States, I figured tonight we would do horror stories that have to do with road trips. So, pack your bags, buckle your seatbelt, and prepare for a little terror as we read three tales tonight in Truly Terrifying, Volume 9. So this story takes place in 2016. I just found out that I had managed to score an interview at a very prestigious job in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I, living in Tallahassee at the time, decided that I would kind of make a road trip out of the whole thing. So I left my house, did a couple of days at the happiest place on earth, and then continued my way south to Lauderdale. Along the way, I decided to take some of the back roads in Florida instead of taking the main highways. Well, unfortunately, I became lost. My phone decided it just, my phone decided that it no longer wanted to pick up GPS signal and just sort of went into a little bit of a limp mode, so to speak. After driving around for a couple hours, I realized the sun was setting and it was slowly becoming dark. Eventually, the road I was on went from pavement to gravel. As I pulled onto the gravel and drove for a while, I quickly realized that I couldn't actually turn my Toyota 4Runner around very easily. The road was very thin and on both sides were huge ditches that I knew if I went into, I was going to be beyond stuck. So after a while, I actually found a small open gate that looked like it led onto a property. I used the driveway of the property to turn the 4Runner around and head back the way I came. As I began to drive back down the gravel, a figure appeared in my headlights. It was a girl, and she looked like hell. Her clothes were tattered, her hair was a mess, and she looked like she had been crying. She was running straight for the passenger door of my forerunner, begging and pleading with me to open the door and let her inside. Part of my brain wanted to just drive off into the night and leave this psychopath. But another part of me looked at the situation differently and realized this girl may actually be in some serious trouble. On top of that, she couldn't have been more than 5'5", five five, me being a six foot three, over 200 pound dude in the best shape of his life. Thank you, rowing team. I decided that if anything did happen, I thought I could take her. So I unlocked the door and let her inside. No sooner than I did, she sat down in the passenger seat, looked in the side view mirror, and screamed out loud. I looked in the rear view, and I myself almost followed suit. About 20 feet behind my forerunner, there were three men, and the way they were walking was just totally bizarre to me. Have you ever seen those videos of those chimpanzees where they walk upright? They sort of swing their arms and sway their bodies as they walk. Well, these guys were doing that exact same thing. And these individuals were some of the most unkempt, nastiest human beings I have ever had the misfortune of laying eyes on. Their long, unkempt hair hung down on their face. 
Even from that far away, you could make out the pock marks and the scars. After a few seconds of this, I threw the forerunner in drive, shot gravel at all of them, and made my way back to that paved section of road. For a good long while, me and this girl just didn't say anything. And finally, my GPS roared back to life, and the lady that gives the directions almost sounded a little sheepish when she told us that we needed to make the next right turn. Thanks. Much appreciated. We drove for a while, and I found the nearest police station. We went inside, and they separated the girl and I so they could interview us. We both told the same stories that actually matched up, so there was no further questioning after that. So while sitting there waiting for transport to arrive for the girl, I found out that her name was Liz. She was actually from Dallas, Texas, where she was kidnapped and brought here to Florida. Basically, what the people that took her said is that she was going to work in a meth lab that was on that property until she, quote, made enough product to buy her freedom. So, needless to say, scary situation all the way around. I actually just heard from Liz at the beginning of 2021. She is now in college, doing very well for herself, and actually when she turns 21, she said she's going to invest in a firearm. And Liz, trust me, I don't blame you. So this story is going to be different than most stories on this channel. For one, it's extremely short, but two, it doesn't involve anything scary in the normal sense for this channel, but I'll explain exactly what happened. So two Thanksgivings ago, I almost lost my life. It was 2019 and I was driving to my parents' house. They actually live just south of Colorado Springs. Now. Once you get off the main highway, it is a little ways out. My dad has always liked to be a little more secluded and close to a city, but not right on top of it. I was driving in a Honda Civic when I came around a corner a little too sharp. I heard a loud pop. The next thing I know, I had no control of the steering. My car spun out, went off the side of the road, into an embankment, and everything went black. When I woke up, I could not feel my left leg until I realized that the car had actually hit a rock. The entire left side of the car at the bottom had caved in around my left leg. I frantically searched the cell phone holder that I had on my dash from my phone, but it wasn't there. I tried to reach as best I could to feel around the now darkened car, but I couldn't. With my leg being stuck, there were places I couldn't reach. I was trapped in my car for 10 hours. It turns out that I had had one of my windows down and actually when the car hit the rock, my phone was ejected out the window. So even if I could move around the car, there'd have been no way I'd have found it. So like I said, 10 hours later, I'm sitting there in the car. I feel cold. I'm drifting in and out of consciousness when a man suddenly sprints up to the side of my car. He asks me if I'm okay and in a very weak and groggy voice I tell him no. 
The man quickly pulls out his cell phone and calls 911. When I arrived at the hospital, I immediately went in for surgery. The doctors were able to save my life, but unfortunately, they could not save my left leg. I had to have it amputated from the knee down. Learning how to walk was excruciating, but I powered through it and now today I do 85% of the activities I did before losing my leg. So let me give you some advice as you go out on your holiday travels. Be sure to share your location actively with friends and family. If your vehicle is equipped with anything that will actually dial 911 in the event of a crash, make sure it's turned on. Oh, and never take anything for granted because you never know when you just might lose something you've come to love. So I've been doing the van life for about four years now. And I gotta say, I really do enjoy it. I've actually been able to save quite a bit of money. The van that I have is really nice, so I really don't miss anything. And some of the campgrounds I stay at have nicer amenities than most people's houses. But there is one instance that I can recall that is possibly one of the scariest things that's happened to me, not only in my life, but in my van. One night I decided not to try to make it to a state park that I was headed to to camp overnight. I just pulled into a rest area. I hunkered down for the night and made a quick dinner. And after tucking myself into bed, I lay there for a while just contemplating the day about how far I had to travel tomorrow, what was on the docket, and some things I had to do for work. I have been a freelance photographer and I also do editing on the side, so... I'm able to pretty much work wherever I want. This must be that privilege that everybody's talking about. But I digress. So as I'm laying there in bed, at one point, I hear someone try the door handle to the driver's side of the van. To no avail. They then walked around to the passenger side of the van. Tried the door as well. Nothing. They walked around to the sliding door of the van. Tried the handle there too. Nothing. These folks were relentless. They then went to the back door of the van and tried to pull the barn doors open. Still nothing. I then heard this person continue to pace around the van. They were talking to themselves. They just kept repeating the same thing over and over again. I just need 20 bucks. I just need 20 bucks. I can get another hit for 20 bucks. I just need 20 bucks. And that's all they said as they continued to walk around. Finally, I heard a loud thud against the window. I looked out the driver's side window, barely raising the blind. I saw the guy now walking around the van, just rubbing his elbow. I knew exactly what he had done. He'd attempted to break the driver's side window and get in the van. Unfortunately, I did not have a gun with me at the time. So I actually reached under my bed and grabbed this little slingshot that I had for target practice. Grabbed a couple of BBs and noticed the guy circling back around to come to the sliding door. I decided I was going to confront this dude, which I know now in hindsight was stupid, but I ripped open the sliding door 
and the guy stood there. I immediately pulled back on the slingshot and fired one of the metal BBs right into his face. It hit the guy right in the eyeball and he let out this terrified scream as he staggered backwards, fell over one of the parking blocks and started crawling away, screaming, I wasn't gonna do anything, man. I wasn't gonna do anything. As he ran off into the night, I immediately got dressed, started the van and left the rest stop. I ended up driving for another three hours after that and actually pulled into a hotel parking lot of a major city in the back and slept for a few more hours till the rays of the sun danced their way into the cabin of my van. Now, for those of you that are gonna say I'm mean for what I did, let me tell you something. Junkies aren't people. They're a subspecies. And when they try to steal things from hardworking people that know better than to be addicted to that crap, well, let's put it this way, they get what they deserve. Well, dear patients, our road trip has come to an end. I hope you enjoyed it and thank you for listening. Like I always say in closing, check under your bed, look in your closet, and sleep with the light on. The life you save may very well be your own. Good night, everyone.